Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 12. We hope you haven't missed us too much in the time that we've kind of been, you know, sorting things out. We have been a little bit, um, I wouldn't say missing in action because we're still posting stuff on our Instagram. And if you guys don't follow us there, please go and check it out. We put content that is pretty cool and informative. Um, and we also give you updates about our life. Sohan, what's been happening in the past few weeks? Tell us. <laughs> so the reason we'd say we've probably just been getting a handle on things is, you know, it's been borders are open in Australia after a very long time and everyone's sort of just been traveling. So, you know, Laura has been spending some time in Europe for the past, um, no, actually I wouldn't say the past few weeks. Uh, I spent three weeks there, but it's been a while. And then I was away. I was away in Canada as well. And so, you know, it's been crazy time getting all this content sorted out for you guys so that you know by the time we're back it will be amazing yeah it was um it was pretty hectic with the time difference and everything so we are finally back home and ready to go and ready to create content for you guys and we hope you're ready to listen because we have some really cool stuff coming up yeah so on that note and after our amazing update thank you so much design and bill for supporting us yeah and also for supporting you know equality in the workplace and looking for yeah, ways to, to spread awareness about that so thank you guys Today, we're back with our STEM fam of the week, which we haven't actually shared with you guys um, in the podcast episodes uh, for a while, just because we have had a few incredible guests joining us. Um, and yes, her name is Ada Lovelace. Oh, Lovelace. Better. <laughs> awesome. So she was born as Augusta Ada King in 1815, London. So, you know, get all your period film mind going um she was the countess of lovelace and was also an english mathematician and writer and she was known for her work with charles babbage i believe that's how it said please don't judge me english is my second language um propose he and yeah so she worked with charles babbage on mechanical that works with me <laughs> not with you no i'm kidding not even with me anymore. mechanical general purpose computers um that he had kind of written about and created i guess the analytical engine so she's actually okay basically in summary she is known as being the world's first computer programmer before anyone before anything there was ada lovelace Countess i can't Lovelace. actually believe that she was able to do such a thing in the 1800s like know, that right? sounds ridiculous because i didn't even know that you could develop such <laughs> I mean, technically, the machine wasn't built, but mm -hmm. the the concept and um, yeah, it's build and everything. It was like a manual that was made, and she kind of translated a few different documents from um, Italian and had all these. I she was the first person who recognized its its power and understood how to make it work. So yeah, okay. She, um, so that is actually a really good um, explanation, Sohan, because. As soon as you mentioned that, like, my mind literally went back to <laughs> just imagining, like, her writing code. And I was like, wow, like, they <laughs> had already all of that. But oh, obviously, goodness, yeah. they didn't. So thank no. you so much for expanding on that. Sorry, don't want to mislead anyone. But she was pretty much known for writing the first algorithm for a machine, inventing the subroutine and recognizing the importance of looping. So... 
what it's, does looping mean? It's, you know, the four loops and stuff that they write in code and how it, it's able to allow you to do multiple iterations of stuff. Okay, I, I can't explain beyond that. It's just really important in code. It allows them to do like multiple iterations of the same code without having to rewrite the code. Yeah. Right. Thank or you. X in Y, you know, that kind of thing. I yeah. presume, yeah. Okay. Um, but interestingly enough, she has like the coolest background. She was the daughter of the famous poet Lord Byron. So completely not a mathematical background. Um, he did die when she was eight and she probably, she never lived with him because her parents separated. Um, so that was, you know, he didn't really have an influence on her at all. Um, basically her, tut her tutelage, no. Her mathematical studies started when she was about 17 in 1832. And that's when her abilities in math started to emerge. And um, she took a keen interest in mathematics and it pretty much dominated the majority of her adult life. Her mother was pretty obsessed with making her like do anything completely opposite to what her dad was a part of because she always credited like, you know, poetry and stuff to his insanity. Um, so she was really, really keen to get Ada into mathematics from a very early age. And Ada happened to be privately educated in maths and science by William Friend, William King and Mary Somerville, who was a noted 19th century researcher and scientific author. We will talk about her in another episode. And in the 1840s, the mathematician Augustus de Morgan extended Ada with much help in her mathematical studies, including the study of advanced calculus and, oh, numbers of Bernoulli. Bernoulli! Okay, he's back. <laughs> he's everywhere. Um, so basically, all that tu uh, tutoring from Augustus ended up forming her celebrated algorithm for Babbage's analytical engine. And later on, in a letter to her mother, um, that her tutor, Augustus de Morgan, suggested that Ada's skill in mathematics might actually lead her to become, and quote, an original mathematical investigator, perhaps of first-rate eminence. So pretty much he could see her potential and how amazing she was. In summary, <laughs> um, to end it, like... She was really incredible because she had a lot of, you know, an artistic background in from her dad's influence. So somehow, weirdly, even though he didn't have a big influence in her life, she would use poetry. Uh, but she believed that intuition and imagination were critical to effectively applying mathematical and scientific concepts. Kind of counter like intuitive. A lot of people, you know, don't really say that intuition is important, but she knew what was up. And she valued metaphysics as much as math viewing both as tools for exploring the unseen worlds around us. Wow, what a lady. Like, honestly, thank you for sharing that story. You sounded really passionate and she's truly inspiring. So as you guys can see, the name of the episode is confidence. And I feel like confidence is a huge word that we all have like our different um, meaning to it, right? Like I, back on the day, I remember that I thought confidence was, you know, jumping on a stage and talking about a certain topic that I was comfortable talking about. Um, and throughout time, I, I have actually started learning that confidence is actually being secure and feeling safe on my own skin more than anything. Um, so we really thought it was important to sort of like unpack what the word means Um at least to the You Don't Look Like an Engineer podcast and essentially tell you guys why it's so important, uh, what we have learned throughout our time in the industry because, uh, well, it plays a big role in 
in your relationships and what you do at work and in your life? Unfortunately, you know, a lot of what we learn is there is a bit of a disparity between, you know, male and female confidence. And without fully getting into, you know, that, that's kind of been the influence behind us kind of getting to this, this episode. It's been the lead up. So that's been our journey into getting here. And so we thought it would be like a really cool idea, especially even with the podcast. We've had major learning curves on the topic of confidence and, you know, getting your voice out there recorded every week <laughs> for people to listen to. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, especially about like subjects like the ones that we are discussing here in the podcast. Like we are talking about women in a male-dominated industry that is not just engineering, uh, but science and technology. So it definitely takes quote-unquote confidence to talk about this um, because yeah, we sometimes are going to come up or like come across as controversial. So you you do need to be like confident to do it. <laughs> and I don't want to say the word that much, but it is true. Um, and the few things that we hear in, in our everyday life is like fake it until you make it. And is it really true? Can you really fake it? And what does <laughs> that even mean? Usually, confidence hacks. You know, people just give you, oh, just believe in yourself, or stand up tall and smile really big and look confident, and eventually you'll become confident. But mm. you mm. know, if I'm if we're kind of jumping straight into the deep end, I think, and back me up with your thoughts as well, um, that it doesn't necessarily have to look like that. You know, confidence doesn't have to be the loudest voice in the room. It doesn't have to be the most um, charismatic uh, person in the room. It doesn't have to look like, um, you know, you completely think you can do everything before you get into it. And this ties in really well to our other episode on imposter syndrome. Um, and mm. if you haven't heard it, like just pause everything, drop everything you're doing and go give it a listen. <laughs> so like if you're leveling up in life, it is perfectly normal to, you know, and yeah, when you've started a new job or had a baby, you know, it, I, I don't know, but it is normal to feel out of place. It is perfectly normal to feel like these this skill set is beyond what you currently have. Mm. And that's good. Mm. That means Certainly. you're leveling up in life. Yeah. So first of all, now I just before we get to carried away, um, you do say that um, a lot of people give you those advices, right? When you are, let's say, going to speak in public or when you are going to go to an interview, yeah. a lot of people are like, okay, like just smile, like oh my god I used I, I remember when I was in high school like people would be like just just think yeah you like talking to your teddy bears and things like that <laughs> like advices that that would be actually if you think about it now you're like how would I imagine or like think that people are naked or things like that yeah, that you hear that, <laughs> that were like super common right uh but if you think about it like as a public speaker like you want to make you want to engage with your audience right so all of those advices were sort of like I don't know just wrong <laughs> but Let's let's go back to like let's do this exercise for a bit and what comes to your mind when you hear the word confident? How like think about a time when you had actually felt like you know confident that you were comfortable where you were, you knew what you were doing, and you were in a state of flow. Think about that and remember the feelings that you sort of like had in your body. Like maybe you felt at peace. Maybe you felt. Um, you know, you felt com confident, <laughs> maybe you felt um, happy, like assertive, whatever. And 
maybe think about when was that you felt that way. That the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because that is actually confidence. Yeah. That is that feeling of comfort of knowing that you are safe or that you know what you're doing sort of thing. So I think about that and I think that that's exactly what confidence looks like and that's exactly how confidence should feel like. Yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts on? No, definitely I read I think maybe you shared it to me because it sounds like we read the same thing. Um that like if you consider if you think back to a time when you were sitting with maybe it's your favorite person, your sibling or your friend or someone and you felt completely comfortable in not having to explain mm -hmm. yourself or be crazy or be you know just be yourself. That's confidence. Mm -hmm. That's literally yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. And I think um I had it on an episode, like um, Alexis Fernandez talks about confidence as well. as well. There's so much material um, about confidence out there. There is, but just there wanna is. But I really it. just want to reiterate, like, what, why this is important for us. And that's generally mm -hmm. my, like, take on it that I've been seeing in the small amount of time I've been in the industry is that we've gone to workshops and we've heard from, like, senior people in the, in the companies we're at where, um, for example, women that have started working in any field or they're applying for a job they feel like if they don't match seven out of eight of the requirements that are listed they won't even apply for the job they're like oh i don't match the bill whereas guys <laughs> will do they will do so even if they only match three out of eight of the skills like that's not even a pass mark that's really interesting because i associate that with perfectionism more than with confidence in itself so we can discuss that in a bit but i think yeah. it's for me it's it sounds like it's a lack of confidence in your skill set it's like you look at it and you feel you're not good enough um to be able to do that role whereas you know if you consider like everything new that you probably started you have to be new at it you know like there's to be new is to be a novice to be vulnerable to feel like you yeah. don't necessarily have all the skills and somehow when we're put out of that place we feel like we don't we can't do it i don't know yeah if exactly it could be perfectionism I could it's be like it's wrong. no it because it, it it all it all ties together right it's confidence perfectionism your con the conception that you have about yourself uh and essentially also your relationship with failure, right? Yeah. Because if you if you are comfortable with um, knowing that in life you don't have to get a ten out of ten in everything <laughs> to to you know to like achieve or to like get anywhere, mm. like I like we've seen it, like um, people that haven't finished high school, um, people that haven't even been to university have been like very successful and. Sometimes, um, yeah, we just have like a different understanding of what success looks like to everyone and blah, blah, blah. But. <laughs> but another example, the reason why I think it's confidence is that I was listening somewhere and they said that literally in the tech industry, women who have perhaps worked like eight, in, eight years in the industry, they're not as confident um, to, you know, no, they're not even as confident in their abilities as, say, guys who've like literally just come in with like three years of experience. So mm, there is mm. that much of a difference, and that's why yeah. there's there is a disparity. Yeah, certainly there is a confidence gap, and in fact, is one of the main uh, factors in 
and why there's a big gender disparity in the industry. Um, and in pay, we, in, in, this- in, in retention, you know, it comes into play. We're not saying that the, you know, the blame, so to speak, lies with either party. We're not saying, oh, women are not confident enough, so they're leaving. That's not it. But there is an element of, you know, a minority in a majority situation where they don't necessarily feel as comfortable or they feel incapable in certain situations or because of certain, you know, social pressures, social um, environments where that can maybe not boost their confidence so much. So Mm. we just thought this episode would be a good way to like, you know, dissect a little bit of what actually confidence is and maybe it can help you boost your own confidence if you like apply these little hacks in your life or maybe it can just help you understand your version of confidence. Now, before we get into all of this, um, let's define what exactly confidence is. And there's so many different sources that would tell you that like there's heaps of types of confidence and there's like different meanings to it. Um, as I said earlier, like everyone sort of like has their own interpretation of what the word looks like and feels like and sounds like, lol. Scientifically, there are two main types. So the first type is epistemic, which is a strong and unshakable belief that you are right. And it's funny because um, this goes back to what I was saying, how I was making a relationship between perfectionism and um, our relationship with like failure. It says that epistemic confidence is all about having confidence in one's competence. Um, to Hammer said, you need systems in place that develop and confirm that competence, right? So the first one would be know your strengths and leverage them. Get clear on the things that you do well and develop ways to integrate them into your daily life. So it's funny because sometimes uh, we focus on what we don't have, but we sort of like ignore those good things that we were very well equipped with (laughs) since the day we were born. So it's a good way um, to recognize like what are our strengths, perhaps in the sense of like um, work, your strength is to actually listen to people and communicate with them. But you don't really like, um, I don't know, the mathematics aspect of it, or you don't actually like the report writing of it. So why would you focus on that when you know you hate it, you don't enjoy it? And you pretty you, you you see that you're pretty good at like making a relationship with others and helping them through. So it's very important um, to sort of like listen to that and work on that so it comes natural to you. Um, another one would be just like to track your successes. Um, so in order to improve, you have to measure things, right? So if you have a diary uh, or there's so many applications on your phone these days to track things, it's ridiculous. So if you track how you are literally tracking uh, with your skills, with being that you like just learning a new skill. That's And that's pretty much, you know, it's a similar thing for people with imposter syndrome. Like we keep mentioning, we talked about that before. It is important to go back and look at the things that you've achieved and stop looking at them with the lens of, oh my God, it was luck. Like genuinely look at the hard work that you put in. And and it's not to inflate your head. That's not the point. The point is that you look at these these things that you were able to accomplish and then when something new and challenging comes your way, you're able to remember that, oh, you you 
you have the basics. You don't necessarily need to meet all the requirements of a challenge, but you have the ability to problem solve. You have the ability to, I don't know, if you need to do a speech, like you have the ability to speak and think of an idea. And you have the ability to, you know, reach out to people for whatever help and thing like anything. Like you, you break it down into the, the fundamentals that are needed for that. And based on your past successes, you're able to say that, oh, I have the ability to do this in the future. You know? Mm, so mm. you're not debilitating totally. yourself. And because it's all based on competence, uh, epistemic confidence is based on a, an innate sense of competency. So to build competency, you need to continue your education. And that means deepening your knowledge of an area of expertise. So that strength that you chose in step one, that's not it. Like you don't, you're not just a natural at it. You, you keep diving deeper into it and it's called like deep domain expertise, but you get into it and you, you learn about it, you practice it and you get better and better. But the key here is once you're building that is also to practice open-mindedness because I think eventually people with this have been known to get a bit stubborn and a bit you know fixed so it is important to while you're building all this have an open mind listen to you know the people around you or take in a lot more feedback i guess to separate your ego from it i guess and your identity Mm. if if you want to know more about identity we also have an episode on that (laughs) haha um because you you keep saying how like to actually give yourself credit and and like not to get like a big head, but like to actually like honor that, honor you 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 wins, uh, and I think it's key. It's like it's really really important that you are the friend, like you are to yourself the friend that you would like to have. If that makes sense, like you yes. you you don't really uh, realize how how much the game can change when you start having that relationship with yourself when you hold yourself accountable when you are compassionate with yourself and when you just allow yourself to make mistakes because at the end of the day like we're all humans so that's a key thing to achieve like confidence right to be okay with making mistakes the second type of confidence is social which goes to to a projection of being self-assured and comfortable in your own skin. So it's pretty much the traditional view that we have of confidence. You know, someone who's like very comfortable with themselves, very loud, very open, you know, just seems so out there. It's a social form of confidence. Yeah, yeah. So I think when they talk about it's pretty much the perception of what confidence looks like, what it takes to be someone who is, you know, engaged with everyone or talking, you know, very comfortably, what it takes is empathy and EQ because it basically stems from the, the, the social aspect. When people look at people who are able to converse with others on any level or when they're like, you know, fully engaged or out there, putting themselves out there, looking like, you know, very confident that it, it's not because they're trying to project something it's because they genuinely have a high emotional quotient and they have empathy for the people around them they're interested they're engaged they want to understand people's motivations they want to their state of mind is pretty much in establishing connections and you know and that makes them behave more open and that's what other people look at and be like oh my god oh that's so confident right 
Yeah. But it just comes from an actual interest in other p- people. It comes from genuine, you know, social skills, essentially. Mm. So that gives you that aspect. And the other part of the social part is if you, like the, the, the way they talk about a person with no confidence in their social skills, that comes from self-deprecating language. If you only think about it from your own perception of yourself and keep saying, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, then that's detrimental to you becoming confident. So you have to change mm-hmm. the way that you talk to yourself and you have to realize that, you know, it's beyond you. It's it's you being a human towards other people. They're, they're, they're important. They don't feel like it's not third grade. No one's looking at you like a loser. In order to sort of like create that confidence or understand how to be confident just get really familiar with that perception that you have about yourself so if this this perception that you have holds you in a very negative sort of like you know term then reanalyze that really visit it and understand where that is coming from so if you think that you're not good at your job being uh, whatever it is that you do, not necessarily being like a STEM related. Um, why do you feel like you're not good at your job? Like really unpack it, like peel that onion, right? Okay, why is it that you think you're not good? So it's because you don't have any like qualifications, let's say. So if you if you think that is related to qualifications of to com- com- competency, as Sohan was saying, then perhaps don't 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 approach it as as that critical voice right don't be like oh you should know this already because with that statement there's so much you're missing out from learning you know instead look at it as okay I don't know this what can I do to get to know this or like to actually learn about it so it would be really important if you do that exercise so how do I see myself? And also, how do I want others to see me? Because it does matter for us how other people perceive us. But it doesn't mean that because we want other people to see that we're like good people, we are going to like fake it and then we're going to be like acting good in front of others, but then we're going to go and be evil in the background. Well, that doesn't actually, that doesn't make sense. And it wouldn't make you feel good because there is, there is no consistency in your actions and your words, right? So you're going to feel frustrated. At the end of the day, you're going to get home and you're going to feel bad because you're like, oh, I really want to like, I want people to see me good. And then I'd go and act badly. It is a really like, it, I, I'm just trying to give you all a really digestible example. So if you want people to perceive you like a good human or like a good professional, then do things that a good professional would do. Don't focus on the stuff that you're not doing. Focus on doing the things that would take you to become that. So it's so important. We have read multiple books and we have heard multiple audios that say like action is the only way you can attack or like not attack, but you can like... um fight your mind right if your mind is producing all these negative thoughts attack it with action so start doing things if you it's like when you when people tell you like oh if you're ready to date someone uh sorry if you want to date someone or if you want to find the love of your life then become the love of your life become the person that you want to end up with um so yeah anyway first thing how do you see yourself 
How do you want to others to see you? And these two things have really linked to your values again and what truly matters to you, um, which is really interesting because we, everything that we talk about sort of like ends up being about the same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how much they're interlinked. And essentially what we're trying to say is that, you know, just do it. And this is not sponsored by Nike. <laughs> <laughs> but just do one like also uh, beat it with action like you said um i think the main thing here is that it takes a lot of action to be able to look at look back and say look i did something and we know like neuro neurologically when you have small wins it's like lots of dopamine hits to your brain and your brain gets happy and you get hooked on actually doing more which essentially is a feedback loop to achieving more and um, it's really important because when you're able to do that and you're able to look back and stop that you know that the, the, the conversation of oh I can't do it I can't do it that essentially even changes your brain structure it changes the gray, like the gray matter in which part of the brain that it's formed right and we've talked about mm. this like the neurons in the I think the right side of your brain uh, they multiply if you keep thinking of like negative stuff but they multiply mm. then if you think of positive stuff yeah, which is like yeah, left, yeah, left side more yeah. problem solving. You're able to do that more and more. So it's not a matter of um, faking it. It's essentially, I think, and I, I genuinely really agree with what you're saying because I'd read a while ago that you know inner peace or inner confidence comes from when what you want to do and what you actually do are in alignment. <laughs> um, the second tip would be to be more self-aware about when you are self-sabotaging like honestly it's so important if you have if you really had like an amazing week but you made a mistake at work or like two things didn't really work out don't be like oh my god nothing ever like works out I'm a failure because that essentially is stealing all the positive things that you did and it's not fair it's it's truly not fair so be aware of when that comes up in your life and treat it accordingly. Don't be super like critical, as we had said. Um, I read this quote today and it really, it really resonated because it's something that I'm currently working on with myself. And it made me just smile. And it said, be the adult that you needed when you were a child sort of thing. And it's so true. Like if you if you talk to, at the end of the day, like we all have our inner child and we all have our inner wounds, like, in a, you know. And obviously we have said in the past that, yes, yes, like um, we all have trauma to heal from and obviously we have to more like focus on the legacy that our parents left um, in us than anything. But in order to sort of like move on and like get to a level that, that we really like, confident and whatever we have to tame these things and if we're not really aware of them and then we're like very judgmental then we're just not gonna trust ourselves you know it's like it's so interesting how it all works because if you're talking like mean to yourself then you're never gonna feel like comf like comfortable where you are not at all um, but if you start like treating yourself with like nice love and being like oh hi baby girl how are you doing it's fine if you fail today it's fine if you didn't um, finish your work today. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't okay. hold yourself to a certain standard. You can, but you have to recognize that, you know, a little slip up is not the end of the world. It is failure is literally the stepping stone to success. So if you have a little fall, it's okay. 
it happens but you can get up and go again you know like it's you don't have to beat yourself up about it and be like oh my god i just suck and everything is so bad why do i do this like it doesn't have to be like that it's just okay i made a mistake it's okay it happens what can we do going forward and that just sounds so much more positive it sounds like you're talking to a friend you know you don't and you have to it's like you know how we read so much that your your brain is like it's it's no different to a computer all these people that we talk about you know amazing coders what's essential is that your computer your computer that is your brain performs the same way whatever algorithm you keep giving it it will literally make that happen so if you keep telling it that i suck i suck i suck i suck it's like you've been given a map and you're literally throwing mud on it and expecting to get somewhere <laughs> you're not going to make a lot of progress you can't see the map mm. and the map's not helping you yeah that's a really powerful analogy you want to feed it with confidence you want to feed it with positivity because then it just behaves that way it doesn't know good from bad it really doesn't it's not that smart like mm. unfortunately that's it is what it is <laughs> so if you feed it with good information and and competency and learning and 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 feed it with like look i've done this in the past and th- that means i can do stuff in the future then it will do it it will literally and the science literally states it will produce more neurons in the problem solving part of your brain part of the hippocampus i'm pretty sure that will make you be able to better problem solve it's not even a hack it's it's it it works it's is science it, it will literally behave like that it's so cool i love mm. the brain <laughs> yeah it's easily trickable no i'm kidding it is essentially it is <laughs> yeah yes another one is being okay with failure as Sohan and i were saying um just because you're confident and because you're very competent doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes and failure is actually as you said Sohan what was the quote you said it's a stepping stone to success Yes, and it's also a reflection that we lack knowledge, not of who we are as people or, or as a person. Um, so get comfortable with that because it's going to happen throughout your life multiple times and in different aspects. Uh, be also comfortable with rejection. There was this quote that I had when I was in school that was like, you are not a gold coin. Not everyone is going to like you. And if <laughs> you that. are, you know, like it's, it's not everyone is going to like you. And there are people that are going to be like intimidated by you or like there are going to be people that are going to not agree with your way of thinking. And that's completely fine. You know, diversity includes different ways of thinking. And we, we preach so much about this, like diversity, but do we really like practice it? Okay, food for thought. But yeah, be comfortable with rejection if you don't get an opportunity. If someone rejects you at a company, well, it wasn't meant to be. Go on. Don't see it as a definition of who you are. Don't identify it as part of your self-worth. Um, another thing, if you want to be confident, you and if if this is like on the side of like relationships, just because of what I said earlier, but be comfortable with getting hurt. It's part of life. You're going to get hurt by people that you love the most. And it's just one of those things that it's a matter of like expectations, right? And not everyone has to have your same expectations. We all see the world from different lenses. So be okay with getting hurt. And pain is just 
another natural thing in life. But make sure that you establish strong boundaries so that pain doesn't actually become suffering. But be okay with vulnerability as well. I think a lot of the things that we were learning when we were talking about this concept is that it is okay to be vulnerable both as a leader and as a learner. Because as a leader, that helps you build connections with, um, you know, the people that you're leading. They see you as human. They're able to, they will follow you more, more loyally, if that's a word. But as a as someone who's learning and coming up, it it's key to building confidence is to be able to show that you're vulnerable, that you don't understand something, that you might need help on something. Because the, 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 the assumption that... Um, you know, people will think you're weak or that you should already know this is is one of the biggest recipes for remaining ignorant. But if you're mm. able to say, I don't know it and I'm, I'm learning, can you help me out? I need a hand. It A, allows you to build better connections with the people around you because, you know, it releases oxytocin and all that sort of stuff that help people trust you. But also it, um, it will increase your knowledge. Being able to frequently mm. put yourself in that position means you're gaining more than if you were just sitting there, to be honest. Yeah, and it's so funny because that um, that quote that in a dialogue of you should already know this is such a like is such a projection of our own insecurities. So again, self awareness comes into place. If you're feeling like you should already know this, tap into that. Why is that you should already know this? If you're a young professional, it's not like you're a senior. You know what I mean? Like if you if you if you think that you should know this, then maybe don't apply for a senior entry level position. <laughs> then apply for a higher one if you should already know. That. You know what I mean? Essentially, like, yes. Just just be kinder to yourself. A big thing that makes us build relationships is to remain human, right? Let's not forget our human aspect, like that humanity aspect of things. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like we connect through vulnerability and raw conversations um which again so comes yeah, from that social confidence which had empathy and eq it all comes yeah, together it's a big one yeah eq is a big one it is eq and iq are related apparently Jacket? well apparently they are really high IQs and not very emotionally are they outliers yeah well, I feel like a lot of people that have like a high IQ are able to self-control, like, mm. and which is a really big part of emotional intelligence as well. Like mm. if you are able to control yourself in the way you react to things. Yeah. So it's debatable. I mean, yeah. all of those things like IQ and EQ to me are like They're another buildable, thing. Though. That, They're definitely building. That, 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 but it's only like one of those categories that humans have created to sort of like be able to understand people a little bit better and stuff mm. but it doesn't really i mean obviously there are people that are brilliant like essentially um, yeah but iq is essentially just pattern recognition and maybe not everyone can recognize patterns but that doesn't mean they're an idiot exactly um we, we digress on that on that note Brene brown about vulnerability she she actually talks a lot about how vulnerability and kindness are key um, actually the future of leading yeah. which she talks about that's literally what she says they're and i the truly agree with that Me too. and i truly agree with that because i think it's come to a point where organizations and society and individuals um have come to realize that we truly are in machines and 
I think the pandemic really like was a turning point for everyone just because we faced mental health at home and <laughs> it was so in our face. Yeah, I feel like yeah, a lot so. of people started learning how how you don't necessarily have to be quote unquote crazy to visit a psychologist, which was like a big taboo back on the day, like mental health and all of these things. Anyway. But more but, people were forced to face it just by nature of being locked away from the social aspect of life. So. Well, yes. And, and it's, it's funny because a lot of who we are, we're able to get from those social interactions. Exactly. So say no to zoos. Sorry, I had to say that. Okay. So we hope you've got a lot, you know, either as just food for thought on what confidence might actually look like for you or even just a kind of a controversial or contradictory, I think, um, opinion on what confidence is as opposed yes. to the, the major conversation right now is what we were hoping to provide to you. And if you got that, then ta-da, our work is done. Anyway, yes, guys, it's been a pleasure, truly a pleasure. And we will see you in two weeks' time. If you're new okay, to the so podcast, then definitely, you know, give us a like, give us a follow both here and on Instagram. Or if you're a return yes. listener and you feel like this is something you kind of like to listen to, then following will be good because you will get the updates of when we post new stuff. Follow us on any platform you're using, uh, being Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Google Podcast. Um, also if you would like to leave a review we would love to know if you like the content we're creating if you can um, resonate to the things that we're saying and uh, if it is coming if it's big value essentially that's sort of like what I wanted to say um, it really helps us if we're doing a terrible job we would like to know improve and provide the content that you deserve Anyway, on that note, we'll leave you to it and don't forget to be confident. Yep. Ciao.